Well, usually I type up these sermons and I have a text there, a manuscript that I try to craft over the week preceding and all that. It's just how I learned to do this work. But my computer is packed away. Everything is gone. All my files are gone. So this morning, it's an improvisational. This will be very emotional. So it won't, I can just act out. Okay. So what am I going to say? I'm, I, I just want to share some images and memories of this place. So this weekend, we have a modest turnout, and part of the reason, of course, is because Seabeck, this uh, camp up on the Hood Canal, has a weekend that we share with the University Unitarian Church in Seattle, and we have dozens of our members are up there enjoying the, as my second grade teacher says, a good day out for ducks, and they're enjoying the water off their back in that beautiful location. So, but it's a wonderful memory of mine because my first year here, so I'd been here several months, nine months, I guess, I went up, Carol and I went up and we spent the weekend there. We met Guy Nelson who was running a workshop and we just had a great time and we got to know the members. And I encourage, if you've never gone to Seabeck or even if you have, do it again because this is a great way to meet people in a much more informal kind of kind of way and since i you know was i i owned a little camper van for a long time i i was a boy scout i was an eagle scout i worked at a camp so i love camping and i it's not quite camping it's far less rustic than that but it is more rustic than most of our homes i think and beautiful location and lots of great workshops and stuff and it was a wonderful experience for both Carol and I. Then about a month later, we went to General Assembly, which in 2018 was in Spokane, which is pretty close. And I, I w- was pretty rah-rah about it. And come on, we can do this. Everybody, let's sign up and go. And we had 31 or 32, I never did figure out what the actual number was, of people who went many of them delegates or alternate delegates, but that was a huge delegation. The UU Church in Portland had a couple more, and the uh, Shelter Rock Church on Long Island, which pays everybody to go in their hotel room, had always has the biggest delegation. But it was, um, that was fun. And the enthusiasm and the incitement, and I have always... You know, it's one of the things in the ministry, you know, they talk about having a flock. You're a shepherd. You're my flock. And um, most of the time, it, it, it doesn't really feel like that much. But it did, and it does at those GAs, because the delegates and the others will tend to, I always say beforehand, we have a little caucus. I say, well, look, let's stake out a place in the, main auditorium where we'll gather and we'll sit for the what they call the plenary sessions the the activity 
of GA, the main activity where delegates actually vote on um, resolutions. So um, it's a great way to build up a denominational awareness and enthusiasm and to get uh, those who attend to begin to understand the resolution process and how it can guide us in a, some of our social action initiatives and so on. So, and I, and I love that little shepherd thing about sitting with the flock and saying, Oh, Bob, come on over here. We, um, it's just corny and I like it. <laughs> anyway, so I've got this very modern. I've got this all on my iPhone. Um, so it was just a lot of enthusiasm. Of course, then the next year it was canceled. And, uh, so that was in 19, actually, that, because I came in 18, but the General Assembly was in June of 19. In, by March of 20, uh, everything, uh, was up for grabs because of COVID. And we went on March 8th, we had a regular worship service, except that Nicole Duff had a little iPad and she held it up to make, so, as a camera, and it was zoomed. So people could watch, you know, it's handheld, it was like a <laughs> homemade movie. And, uh, and the next week, we were completely, by the 8th, we were completely Zoomed. And it took a couple of months to get <clears throat> accomplished at it. And in a couple of years, we were great. And I take a great deal of pride or just joy in the reality that we could change our program so dramatically um, and hang in there and keep it up and become proficient, good at it, aesthetically pleasing. All this um, was a tribute, I think, to the staff that I work with and the lay people, the uh, worship associates and the others. And the choir, think about that. And think about Eric, who kept the choir together, despite not getting together, for two years. Um, a remarkable accomplishment and testimony to his uh, effectiveness as a director of music, to keep the music alive really alive. And when the choir came back about two months ago and started to sing, oh my, it was like they were ready. And our music program has benefited our whole worship life in the midst of this. When I went to the interim minister seminar last week or last month, um, the director of transitions, Keith Cron, reminded us about five times hey, listen, this pandemic has changed everything and some churches are going to die. And some RE programs are, are dying right now. No. Hey, ours isn't. And our RE program is vital because our newly minted RE director kept that school together. And Leanne, with Leanne's help, they had, we, they met every other week online and every other week here outdoors and we had outdoor activities and it was tenuous at times but it was never lost and I just want to say it's not just that everybody pitched in 
and they did, including Jenny and our former sexton Joseph and um, Diane Upton. Everybody on the staff participated, but Leanne and Amanda and Eric were my heroes. I. <laughs> Um, another part of worship, it's kind of worship, is rites of passage that ministers do. And I tend to remember almost all of them that were part of my life. I, I had, and here, I did memorial services for Ann and Bill Carlstrom's daughter, Trina, and soon after I arrived. I did later memorial services, Al Skinner, Earl Fleehart and others. And they all touched me. I think Unitarians do a good job of memorial services. We hold up the life. We celebrate their life. Whereas most Orthodox faiths celebrate the ascension to heaven, we're agnostic about that. I mean, I think some people, if there's a heaven, these people are there. But we don't know. And we're not... We're not telling people that, yeah, that's for sure. Um, we have intimations of immortality. I sure do. And um, doing these services also, I, for me, I've become more religious in, in the traditional sense as I've 40 years in ministry because you're around death a lot and you realize the kind of gossamer curtain through which the spirit tends to pass, or at least we as sentient beings experience in those days right leading up to and following one's death. Um, and it's kind of, you know, no, 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 no. What's that? The outer limits or the <laughs> twilight zone, that, that, that way. Anyway, um, so rites of passage are fun, too. I didn't do, I'm not going to be able to do uh, Cat, Cat, <laughs> Caroline Hazley and Steve Wellen's wedding, which is a little bit sad to me, but I did one of, I think both of Caroline's children, I did their dedication, and I didn't do any dedications here, and it's a great loss. I feel very sad about that. But the reason is we didn't really have a program in that we weren't coming together. Yes, I was saying that Sunday school kept a lot, but we didn't have the regular celebrations of the new babies and of the birthdays. Eric did the best he could over Zoom, but it wasn't quite the same. And I miss, I miss uh, putting that little water on the <laughs> touch of your brow your lips and your fingers to dedicate your thoughts and words and hands to, to our life of human good. Um, I got into the habit, I told you last week about walking along the watershed and how I do that as my meditation. And I... Um, and I got into the habit, I told Mike Radar, 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 um, our, um, 
about it, that, that I, I like to walk along. And he said, well, I'll walk with you. Yeah, let's do that together. So we did a lot. So some of that testimony of last week about walking down Madsen Creek was done also with Mike. And, um, you know, the peripatetic school of ancient Greeks uh, always, always did that. And I remember decades, I didn't tell you last week, but in the 80s, I was going through that, I had a therapist in Berkeley. He was a good guy. He's still alive, 103, I think, um, R. James Yandel. And he, one day I, he was a very refined guy, and I said something like, couldn't we just take a walk or something? He said, no, no, my therapy's not for everybody. Okay. Um, but then at some years later in New York, I had this therapist, and I, I just shared that story and immediately said, get up, let's go. And, he, and we went walking through the neighborhood. It was in Westchester County, but... And we did that every session for the next two years. We'd start by walking and then, and it, uh, it, you know, teachers will tell you, get your children in their bodies and their central nervous systems way more engaged. They'll be more awake, more in touch with their feelings, with their heart. And, um, so Mike and I would do that and we would sometimes get pretty passionate about what was going on here. Um, well, a mixed blessing of the pandemic. It's emotional upheaval and its demand we be inventive and collaborative in entirely new ways. This, this was wonderful. Religion means gathering together again to relink religio around a campfire or in antiquity. How can we collectively get together and put together integrated connecting experiences when we cannot be together. Amanda, Eric, Leanne, they all pitched in, learning new video and editing skills. Our services definitely measure up with the best on the West Coast and Intermountain West. And I, you know, I challenge you, go, go look online. Everybody's online now. You can go to any church and watch. Portland, Oregon is pretty good. And the University Unitarian is good, too, but it's way more refined and kind of highbrow than we are. And then um, Salt Lake City is the same, highbrow. And maybe neighborhood in Pasadena or Davis. Those are the only churches that hold a candle to what we're doing. And, um, you know, well, I'm prejudiced, but I know I'm right on this subject. <laughs> And, and throughout, and throughout all this, we maintained our pledging strength. And after some initial membership losses in the months before and immediately following my, or right around my arrival, our, our numbers have stabilized. And now in the most recent months, we're gaining new members once again. And it's been really fun to be part of this creative ensemble, all working together to produce and generate what do we do Sunday morning? Try to generate epiphanies. Try to help people be reminded of their, recognize their connection to something much bigger and much, and, and sentient that we're all part of. Um, meanwhile, a church is an institution requiring day to day 
analytical attention and day-to-day pastoral attention. So the church, you know, their, their bills have to be paid. And what I was touched by here, um, especially, was my favorite teacher in seminary, Bernie Loomer, t- was appointed a dean at the University of Chicago at age 29. And he, by Robert Maynard Hutchins, the president, who was probably 27. And he went, um, oh my gosh, how, you know, he would go in there. But he said the thing that helped him the most were these professors, many of them trained in Europe or England, who, who on day one, day three, came in and said, I have a problem. You're the dean. You need to fix it. They treated him like the dean, even if he was in his 20s. And the same for the ministry. When I got here, very quickly, so many of you came and availed yourself of pastoral attention. And that makes it easy to establish your credibility. It's when people don't avail themselves of the minister's heart to, to, to hold their hearts in times of struggle, stress, or just be with them in times of celebration and joy, then it's hard to get your, get your sea legs, get your grounding, be, be the minister in that church. And you let me do that. <clears throat> I got a little knocked on my toddle by the, initially by the, um, what do you call the pandemic? I mean, and I felt pretty bad about it. And then I told the director of settlement that, you know, I'm depressed. I'm going to talk to my doctor. He said, well, everybody else is too. All your colleagues. What do you expect? So it made me feel a little better. <laughs> what can I say? Um, so, and um, a couple other things, little things. I give you permission to call Maria Christina, your new minister, for two months. And come November, she's your minister. She's our minister. She's not our new minister. Give her two months to be new. And then just embrace her as the minister of record. And we're glad you're here. And she may not, she probably won't have her installation until December or January, but Stop treating her like a newborn. She's not. I mean, I know you're not, but I'm just warning you. It'll be better for everybody. And consider her family and how you can warmly embrace them and, and also give them space. It's hard. It can be a lot of pressure to uh, fit in, and it's not always easy. What else can I say about this place? I like the portraits that were hanging up when I got here because it, all the former ministers and there were others up there too, RE directors and none. I thought, ah, they have a respect for tradition. But my staff said to heck with it. Uh, they thought that, no, there are too many and it's too patriarchal, I think. And it kind of is because almost all the ministers have been men. So, I understand that, but I hope there's another way to honor, in some way, the legacy of leadership here. You have this list of all your presidents, and it's a it's a noble list of some wonderful women and men who've served. Uh, but it'd be nice, from the minister's point of view, for you to honor maybe not the interims or development, but the settled ministers uh, 
if if you decide to, maybe not in the foyer of the administration building, but somewhere, one of the rooms or somewhere. I, I would encourage you to do that. I hope you can think about that anyway. Keeping it up. And then the last thing I wanted to say, oh, look, my notes disappear. Um, oh, here they are. Yeah, it was, um, what a beautiful facility. I, you know, it's, it's weird because it can become iconic when you have a, and, and uh, it can become a, uh, what do they call it, uh, idolatry. You become, you idolize the campus, the place, the, the beautiful furnishings, the view out the window. And nobody can do that with more false pride than the minister. Uh, whoa, my church, my office, look at my office. This is the nicest office in the PNWD. And I think it is. <laughs> and don't, for a minute, forget, don't think that I appreciate it. But that's not why we're here. We're here to be a beloved community, to learn how to love, as Martin Luther King said, was his greatest accomplishment. May it also be ours, and I want to thank all of you for the love you've shown me. Amen.